Oh yeah, we recognize that uh, innocent children drop out in numbers during this time of the year. It's the time of the year where many varsity students are going back uh, to varsity, but not everyone is in high spirits uh, simply because of the challenges that they may be facing. And this afternoon, we reflect on those uh, challenges. Last year, there was a 37.3% rate of university students that dropped out and 37.3%. And these are future employers, these are future employees, and uh, what seems to be the challenge uh, with the system. And uh, that's what we're focusing on. South Africa's first year dropouts. uh, Why is this happening uh, in our country? And uh, Professor Kobas Mare is joining us as educational psychologist at the University of uh, Pretoria. Good afternoon and welcome, Prof. Afternoon, it's wonderful to be with you. Prof, 37.3% is is a huge percentage. You know, that's almost two out of every five students. Wow. And you see, that's terrible. And we're talking dropout. We're not talking people that are really not doing that well. So if you look at the overall picture, it's something that this country simply cannot afford. No, absolutely, especially with the high unemployment rate and, and skills shortages um, in, in many sectors. But what seems to be uh, at the core of, of this dropout rate? Uh, let me be honest with you. I know sometimes universities point fingers at the secondary schools and the secondary schools point fingers at the primary schools and they point fingers towards the the, the family situation. I'm not into that kind of discourse. What 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 I have what I think is the following. Many students arrive at university not having a sense of meaning, not having a sense of purpose, not knowing what it is that they really want to do. They get into something based on hearsay, based on the advice of people that really don't know how the the, the field of career counseling evolved, how it has evolved, and how career counseling works. That's a big, big, big reason, in, in my opinion. Secondly, Let's be honest, many students, they're free now to do what they wish. They simply cannot handle their freedom. And that's a given. Thirdly, sorry, ma'am. Yeah, because, I mean, you've always had this person who's been telling you what to do, what not to do. And and finally, you're on your own. It's like free at last. Exactly. Now they abuse this freedom, sorry to use that word, and they're not overly committed, mm-hmm. even sufficiently committed. That's, that really is a very big problem. And they sit there, they don't know how to handle their emotional baggage. Some of them have major emotional challenges. Some of them have financial challenges. Mm-hmm. Some of them have challenging family situations. They don't have the skill to separate their studies from the emotions. There's nobody there to guide them that they believe. Many of them just don't know how to access student counseling services. And something that I've found over years, you know, many students, especially people from disadvantaged backgrounds, people that are suffering, that have had little career counseling, they need at least a year to adapt to the changed environment, to the changed lifestyle, etc. So... Mm. I would say this country desperately is in need of career counseling provision to each and every student so they can know what it is that they want to do. Maybe decide whether they're ready for for um, tertiary study, almost like people that go to school for the first time. They go for their school readiness assessments. 
I wish we could assess every single student and in that way maybe just tell them to do something else, to uh, maybe take a gap year, maybe to complete another course, or most of all, find a sense of purpose in what you want to do. Make sure that this, I really want to become a psychologist, a teacher, Mm. a, a, a plumber an engineer, a homeopath. That, that, in my opinion, like I said, is the single most important reason. In addition to not working as hard as they can and should, um, this, the, 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 the amount of freedom that they receive, they just simply don't know how to manage their term. They don't know how to prioritize. I mean, they get lost in this, in this, in this um, desperate sea of opportunities go out and have fun and have others do that and they don't have sufficient role models to to, to go by to guide them that's that's really a toxic mix and uh, regrettably my biggest concern is the situation is not changing mm. there's not a major change that i've seen over the years year after year after year we talk to the same things and um, the good news is these things can be corrected we can, with immediate effect, put structures into place, get put systems into place to help people arrive at university more prepared. A simple summary of the things that I've given them today. Where do we start? Um, where does it start, uh, Prof? Do we start at the last year of, of high school or perhaps even much earlier than that? Um, because you did mention a very pertinent point that oftentimes um, it, it's not even not being sure whether whatever course choice is what they want to do or is it for the parents and they get bored over time. Absolutely. You're so, you're so right. Oftentimes, parents, sadly, just don't have the know-how. They don't know how to guide their, 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 their children, the learners, in terms of how do you study, how hard do you study. Um, oftentimes, uh, students sit in front of me, and they tell me that they're working very, very hard. What I do is I do a little what we call life design intervention. I do career construction, self-construction, interview. Then I just show them how hard they are really not working. Mm. And uh, the the most pivotal part of this conversation is the following. And I'm going to say this slowly. It is possible to find a way to let every student listen to him or herself and understand that it's not the university or the parents or whoever that is bullying you into studying. It's you. You must make the these changes, these decisions yourself. So simply put, give them state-of-the-art counseling. And it need not take five days. It can be brief kind of intervention. Let them listen to themselves, advise themselves. Can I repeat that? They must advise themselves. There's a way to get around the, this, this notion of a uh, student sitting in front of me. Nobody should tell me what to do to tell me how to study it. There's a simple way of getting around it. Letting them it listen. Sounds like, it's, it sounds like wherever you are, Prof, there's um, a, a bit of wind and we, we're struggling to, to hear, battling with uh, just uh, hearing that back ground wind uh, if you can just uh, kindly move around a bit and uh, we're speaking to Professor Kobas uh, Mare who is educational psychologist at the University of Pretoria as we talk about South Africa's first year students
student uh, dropouts. It it really is a concerning number. Last year there was a 37.3 percent um, rate of uh, dropouts, and uh, what seems to be the challenge uh, with this? And uh, Prof, if you can just uh, go back to that line of thought. Certainly. Can you hear me now? A hundred percent. Thank you. Excellent. So, ma'am, I was actually trying to say that it is very possible to allow every student, every prospective student, to listen to him or herself and advise him or herself. We can guide them towards choosing a field of study, etc. But we must also guide them towards realizing that what they do, they don't do for themselves. They do it for others. Oftentimes, people come to me and say, I have a little brother with a disability. You know, I study night after night because I see his face in front of me. I see my mother's face. She's working so hard. I want to honor her legacy. I want to make a change in the lives of people that cannot talk in behalf of themselves. So the moment we identify people's key or central life themes, mm. it's game, set, and match. The moment we instill a sense of purpose, find, help them find some field of study, some career that will help them live a purposeful life, and most importantly, a life that will enable them to make social contributions. The moment you're there, it's highly unlikely that such a person will drop out. Highly unlikely. So let, let's um, talk about where do students find these services? And, and uh, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, that they don't know how to access them. And are they student friendly? Um, because oftentimes you have these services and it's not as cool within um, the, the institution for you to go to as they would regard it as a shrink. You're absolutely right, ma'am. Our, our, our research shows that more than anything, students want the following on campus. Signposts, information signposted or given everywhere on campus in terms of where do I find help? Where do I find help in terms of my study methods, my sadness, my mother that has passed on, my girlfriend that has left me. So they need, desperately need this kind of advice. And somehow the information is, 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 is um, shared with them. But many of them, large numbers, simply don't know how to access these services that are available. If we could find a way of making sure that everybody knows. And then also... Um, universities may very well do very well to appoint many more career counselors. And I would, I would um, venture into saying that these days we, we teach the career, the, the, the master's degree career um, psychologists that, that do career counseling. We teach them to elicit people's stories, their scores on inventories, but also their key themes, their, their stories. We elicit their many story heads and combine everything into a larger story. Once they understand the gist of their life story, once they advise themselves, the chances of them dropping out, like I said, drop, 
dramatically and it's very doable. Many people across South Africa are being trained in this, in this new paradigm. Um, I think universities should invest in recruiting these people and appointing them in addition to people that are already working on campus. Prof, a, a step-by-step uh, guide on how parents can also get involved in helping uh, youngsters because it's it's incredible. I mean, I only discovered this uh, topic is also personal for me. I only discovered in October that my child was not happy in school. Um, and, and I shudder to think what then she did in between leading up to when I discovered. Um, because once you get bored and you, you feel um, all these challenges that we, we listed earlier on, uh, only hell knows how you then fill up the time. Um, ma'am, the, the, you're absolutely right. Communication between parents and teachers at school level, at all levels, grade one up to the end of grade 12, should be optimal. Teachers must have no choice but to involve all parents. In the, in the event of uh, uh, children or uh, learners at school not having parents, they need to find the people that are mentoring them, people that are taking care of them. And they need to talk with these guys. It's, like you said, it's heartbreaking to learn that your mother only at that late stage discovered the challenges you were experiencing. Mm. That should not happen. You know what? Five years in secondary school, seven years in primary school, that's really a long time. And it's it's the old story in, in, in South Africa and many other parts, focusing on the cognition, the cognitive part of the brain, um, focusing on these outcomes, these achievements, but forgetting that, it's not a brain that's studying, it's a human being with emotions, with feelings, with sadness, with gladness. All those, those things need to be taken into For account. Sure. And ma'am, can I, can I just add something here? Curiously, educational psychologists, they're specifically trained to work with people that develop at, across the life, lifespan. I'm just, I'm dumbstruck and I'm curious as to why, number one, we're not making it compulsory for all of yeah, them to do a yeah. of community service, two years. That, that, will, that in itself will make a massive change. Hire them at, at, at schools, at, at the departmental level. Make use of their services. I'm sad to say, but they, they are absolutely underutilized. Underutilized, and that's the note where we leave this, Prof. Thank you, thank you very much uh, for taking our call, uh, Professor Kuobas Mare, who is an educational psychologist at the University of Pretoria. As we reflect on uh, why is this 37.3 percent um, rate of uh, university students drop out, especially first-year uh, students, and uh, we are going to be speaking to a life coach immediately after the news headlines, and uh, let's uh, give them tools on what to do when life happens. Here's Wutile Saku with the news headlines. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. SAFM Lifetime Live is where you're at and uh, you find us 104 to 107 FM nationwide. And you can connect with us at SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. We also on WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp voice notes sent to 0614-104-107 and uh, SMSs at 40938 charged at 150. Also taking your calls on 0891-104-207 as we reflect on uh, what could be the challenges that lead uh, to first-year students 
students uh, dropping out uh, and 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 situations like gap years uh, for some generations uh, it's not regarded as an intervention um, but how important is this life coach uh, so Pell uh, Libusho uh, who is a career development practitioner and life coach is joining us on the line right now good afternoon and welcome Pell uh, good afternoon, Chris Alder. Uh, thank you so much uh, for inviting me. Uh, we, we, many parents uh, come from a, an environment and a generation where career development was not as, as crucial as it is now. Career coaching, um, because you would do what your parents say you must do. Uh, it will yeah. either be teaching, nursing, and <laughs> <laughs> the list is so diverse now uh, that we yeah. almost always caught wanting. You know what? Um, it's it's very important that um, we take our kids to um, career coaches uh, to go into career development because now uh, careers that were relevant in the past, the next coming five years would not be relevant because of uh, the world is changing. New careers are coming. Technology is also coming. We're talking about fourth industrial, uh, so we need to really focus on that and look into that. And for the topic for today, uh, the high rate of first-year students who are dropping out out of university, uh, you'll find that most of them, they drop out of university because of they've chosen a career that they do not have a clue of, of it. What mm. does it entail? What is this all about? I remember when I was doing my first year at the university, I was very excited when I was doing my matrix saying that I'm going to do information technology. And to start with, I'm coming from a previously disadvantaged community where I did not even do a computer as a, I did not do CAT. They call it CAT now. Yeah. We did not have that. But I was so excited I want to do uh, information technology. Yeah. First time in class, they said switch, up, uh, switch on a computer. I didn't even know know where to switch on a computer <laughs> so but i am i'm going to be an it specialist and i struggled <laughs> a lot and i failed my major uh, course on on my first year because now i get uh, uh, kids from uh, private schools that i need to now compete with mm. and as much as i passed my matric with a merit exemption uh, it, it was not good enough because now i have these people who knows exactly what is happening in the computer and then now i have to deal with programming let alone i don't know where to switch on the computer you know, yeah. so uh, I, I did. I was not uh, properly informed. Uh, the career sounded uh, glamorous. Uh, the parents were so excited because of now we're saying that information technology is the in thing. Uh, and then we, I, I, I wanted to go and do it. And I guess it doesn't but help when you have friends who have exposure. And, and uh, when they say these things, they sound so attractive, uh, but you don't recognize what uh, the fact that you have no, not been exposed to technology. So let's talk about exactly. social, when life happens, um, because there they are. Uh, some of them are going to be dumped for the first time. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them are just going to have bullies um, as as yeah. friends how do yeah. they integrate this with trying to study uh, I, I think professor mentioned something that is very important they should get uh, career counselors in in higher institution of learning but they themselves they also need to have career coaches like ourselves mm. to be able to guide them in the direction that they need to go and make uh, it compulsory he said 
Yes, because one, you find that most of them, you, you are already in an environment that you do not understand. Secondly, you are in a career that you don't even have a clue of what is it that you want to uh, uh, to do with it after obtaining a qualification. You know, and uh, at time June, they're going to drop out. Right, and then the dropout comes with a lot of things because some of them, they had the, the bursaries, they had mm-hmm. financial aid who are funding them, and uh, you find that if they fail, sometimes they don't fail because they, they are stupid or dumb, but then they fail because they do not have the passion as well for the cause. And when the going gets tough, uh, they quit. They quit. All right, let's take they a quit. call. 891 Colin, you're joining us uh, from Cape Town. Good afternoon and welcome. Good day, Griselda, and good day to your guest. Let's start from the very, very beginning. Well, mm. I'm a 71-year-old. And in my school days, uh, we used to have what I call, um, well, they could not grade as uh, sub-A, sub-B. So they want Aha, to my yes, days. yes. Okay. Now, from sub-A or sub-B, we used to pot around with clay things in sub-A. But sub-B started to get serious. Then you had speech teachers that used to come there, you know? Mm. Teach you therapy, speech, English or Afrikaans, whatever school it was. Then from there, you did your reading. And we were like little parrots at the age, uh, in, in sub-A. We did the times table. Two times two is four and so on, right till 12. And you know, like the ABC, we learned, by the time we went to Stanford, two, we knew our timetables. You could say, what, 9, 9, 81, 10, 9, 90, 11, 9, 90, 9, 90, 90, 90. We were like parrots. We used to have that for half an hour, go through the whole timetable. Yeah. Because those days, they used to have a, a book with a timetable at the back. It's, uh, there was a Jatta book, a maths book with little blocks in it. You know, sums. I don't know if you remember those books. But anyway, and when we got to Standard 3, 4, we knew everything about what math is all about. Because mm. we could subtract, multiply, divide, and things like that. We, were started, we started at a very, very early age. Now, going to standard six, the girls used to have trades. Um, um, what they call domestic science, typing, things like that. The boys, woodwork and engineering, sheet metal work. That used to be also a period of that. And... Lots of those little guys, six. do you know something? I think I'm going to be a, a, a fitter or this or that. They've already made up their mind because they're working, they're doing, they're so good at sheet metal work. Some are so good at, at, at uh, woodwork and they become cabinet makers and so and so and so. Now, remember now you're going to stand seven and eight. You already know how to read because you were taught from a very young age. You already prepared yeah. yourself for your maths. And things like that. And unfortunately, everything is just so fast-paced now, um, yeah. Colin, that uh, we might be missing in, in developing, nurturing uh, the yeah. young ones. Thank you so much uh, for your contribution. Uh, just, the last, just the last one. And, um, and when you go to university, as your guest said, uh, if you fail uh, biology or science, you can't become a pharmacist or a doctor. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, they go for IT because they've got a little computer at home or a little something. Now, I think I know all about IT. They're going to the wrong fields. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mzi in Deben, good afternoon, and thank you so much uh, for joining Lifetime Live. Um, uh, good afternoon. Um, you know, and, and everything that's said, sorry, man, I just wanted to contribute a little bit to your topic because this is very close to my heart.
Mm. And um, the silence around it has been has been actually bothering me. And and I'm and, and I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about just now. You know that every year we have uh, these kids that pass metric, and then almost at the spur of the moment make a call to go to university now that they've passed, right? And mm-hmm. then they go there. And we get these late applications, for instance. You know, this is an annual story. UJ has queues going yeah, around the building. Yeah. And then, and then you, you end up just jumping into anything that's available, as long as I'm at university. In addition to that, uh, these days, you know what? NSFAS, for instance, will pay, etc. So, So, yes, it, it compounds this problem of people getting into careers they don't know about, yeah. they don't want, um, and then ultimately realize that not only is it difficult to cope with this thing, but I actually don't even want to be studying whatever it is that I studied because it was the only thing available when I was ready. Is it, do you in believe January. in your view that uh, we we panting too much about uh, university graduates than we are focusing on developing skills? I, I certainly I, I believe that very much. Um, and because I think if, if it was about developers, because I always say to people, if you do that at developmental level, by the time university time comes, you've already made a decision whether you yeah. really want to be there or not. And, and if you know you want to be there, you would have made your preparations to go to university as early as grade 10. That's it. By, by grade 12, it's, it's late, let alone January the year after I passed my trick. <laughs> yeah, and 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 we sit and deal with it as you know as the symptoms arrive. Then there's there's too many kids in January trying to get into university. Who's funding it, etc., etc. Yeah, and then we have this conversation. They've all dropped out. And uh, the unfortunate it's, reality is uh, something yeah. has to give because this is tragic. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you very much, yeah. MZ. Uh, thank you for that thank call. You. Let's uh, take a WhatsApp voice note and read some of your messages, uh, both on Twitter and Facebook. Yes, it's Kasada. Thank you for raising this topic. Um, my name is Sabela from Umlazi. You know, it's Kasada. I'm the one of uh, the students that top out. Um, it was not the financial reasons. Um, I failed to, uh, to adapt transformation from high school to the university, and this goes way back to our high school, where there was no enough motiv- motivation and being prepared that we were going out of the school, and how we should set our minds ready for that. And some of the things that we came across with is, it has, it has to do with uh, our mental fitness and how being, I mean, um, mentally fully aware that we are going out of the school and how to choose our careers as well. It feels like a jungle out there for uh, these poor souls. Mano Swartz on uh, Facebook says, Good afternoon, Chris Alda. In my opinion, many first-year students tend to enroll uh, for courses that uh, they are not passionate about uh, just to make yeah. uh, the parents proud, uh, which leads yeah. to them dropping out eventually. Furthermore, stressed and depressed and um, safety concerns, financial constraints, mm. uh, not being able to carry the workload of uh, the courses and uh, the 
there are external forces as well. And uh, Mujalifa also recognizing your message and uh, Vuyani uh, sharing the same sentiments. And uh, Lungi Le on um, SMS saying, I agree with the speaker, lack of counseling has a great impact on the dropouts. Mm. Government need to yeah. do something, especially in rural areas, uh, career counseling is needed. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we once again, I know that we sound like broken records whenever we say mm. not enough time for a topic. Um, mm. I feel like it's one of those very important and we've just scratched uh, the surface. So where do people find you um, and how does one go about getting a life coach? Okay. Uh, find me. I'm, I'm based in, in Bloom, but then I do uh, Skype uh, consultation. Um, I'll leave my numbers with you, Miss uh, Griselda. Sure. Do, do you I have a website or? To, pardon? Do you have a website or social media platform? A social media platform that I'm using. I'm using Facebook most of the time, and then I'm working with uh, Pace Careers. We have a website where uh, kids they can go in, check our website, and do their career assessment test before they can even enroll into a higher institution mm. of learning. Uh, for them to to do what we call subject choice, and for those that feel, feels like they've chosen the wrong qualification, because we still have the high rate of unemployed graduates, not because of there are no jobs, but because people they've done uh, qualifications that they are not really passionate about. Because I normally say to my the bills, but passion that is coupled with qualification it opens up doors. There so you go. it doesn't help. Yes, it doesn't help for you to to have a qualification. I consider it to be just a paper because you need to go to the jungle out there, especially when yourself, you're not passionate you know. about it. Uh, Pell, thank you, thank you very much uh, for taking yeah. our call. Um, that's uh, Pell Libusho, who's a career development practitioner and uh, life coach. That's where we end this conversation.